Welcome to the Lift Church podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you to live up to your God-given potential. We are going to be moving straight along and um, next, our next speaker is Mark Kalea. He comes from um, CAP, and CAP stands for Christians Against Poverty. Uh, they are a great organization. They do lots of different things. His wife, Vanessa, is here, and, and son, Josh, as well. And Vanessa runs the uh, debt center for, um, that is uh, based in Riverview Church, just down the road. And they do amazing work. I really love their heart when it comes to just, just getting around people that might be struggling, giving them practical tools, practical help. And so here's Mark this morning. Why don't we just uh, encourage him as he... Um, gives us his talk. Thank you, Nate. Appreciate it. Well, good morning. Um, yes, Vanessa and I are just really pleased to be here. Uh, we love to share about uh, what's going on around Australia and around the world uh, regarding CAP. We're ba- we're ver- we are both ba- very passionate supporters of CAP. Um, and uh, as uh, Nate said, Vanessa is a CAP Debt Centre Manager uh, for, um, for Riverview. Um, and I'm particularly keen on seeing all of our friends, family and colleagues become debt-free. Okay, become debt-free. As you're aware, we're going to be talking about uh, money, finances and how we can be stewarding it. I'm not going to be talking about specific financial instruments or uh, as in products or services. If you actually want to talk to in a look at that, you need to talk to a, fi- a licensed financial advisor. Uh, so I believe Nate, uh, sorry, um, Emmanuel, where are you? I missed you. He's gone. <laughs> uh, he'd be one person to actually uh, to speak to. A little bit about my story. I left school when I was 15, got an apprenticeship, and I actually um, uh, started to earn some money. And I learned two things uh, in this apprenticeship. One was the lowly p- wage that I was actually getting as an apprentice. I was about, this is a few years ago, uh, I was getting a dollar something an hour. I also understood, uh, literally, it was a first-year apprentice, so... Um, as a baller maker, it was a, yeah, a, a very different day back then. Um, and what struck me was that if I'd got a job at McDonald's, I'd be earning almost double that. The second thing I observed while I was an apprentice is that um, seeing my family lose their house to bankruptcy. So this was in the time when uh, interest rates were well above uh, 20%. Um, and um, I look at back, back on my life and I actually say that I was greatly blessed for observing these two things. Um, And I was blessed in two ways. One, actually seeing it and living it. And the other one was people encouraged me to manage my money um, better. Um, Now, many Australians actually struggle with dieting and just as many struggle with managing their money. There are many reasons for this struggle. However, there are a bunch of myths and misunderstandings that... uh, are pervasive within our society. And I'd like to cover off some of those right from the get-go. The first and most pernicious, in my opinion, is we need more money to budget. If I only had more money, if I had more Centrelink, if I won this lotto, it's a wickedly delicious idea. A wickedly delicious idea. Because it plays into our idea that we can't do something because... Whilst I accept that you need at least a dollar to budget, and I'm not talking about people with a disproportionately low income, I'm talking about the idea, I need more money to budget. Let me put it in a different way. I am unable to manage the amount of money I currently have, therefore I need more money. In other words, 
You're struggling to manage the amount you currently have. Will you, will you not create a bigger problem for yourself by getting more money? A group of researchers actually studied some lotto winners in Florida. This is a, a research paper that you can look up online. Uh, they concluded the study with the following. Essentially, what they found was in the first two years after winning lotto, less people filed for bankruptcy. However, the benefit was offset by more people filing one to three years afterwards. Lotto wins postponed the bankruptcy rather than prevented the bankruptcy. I've met many people who have utilised this thinking and they thought that they needed more money, so they used various techniques to achieve this goal. They upped their credit card limit, they took out uh, payday loans and they asked and borrowed from friends. I would encourage you to reject this particular myth that you need more money to budget. No. Budgeting is about managing the money you currently have better. I would encourage you to think about the very old statement, he who is faithful in a very little thing is faithful also in much. Getting a mortgage is always better than renting. Don't you know rent money is dead money? How many adverts and friends have repeated those words? It makes sense because, you know, 100% of that money goes to that uh, evil and, and predatory landlord. You're effectively paying off his, um, his loan. Why don't you get your own loan? Well, let me, let me ask you, how much, pay, uh, how much do you pay in interest to your bankers for the privilege of a mortgage? Are bankers less evil, less predatory? The, the Royal Commission is exploring that very thought at this very moment. Um, if you've never applied for a home loan, uh, let's quickly run through some, an example for you. So Landgate, um, if I can have the next, yep, thank you. Um, Landgate actually had uh, the median house price for the Perth metropolitan area in 2018 between 503,000 and, um, sorry, 537,000. The Reserve Bank uh, had recorded an indicator interest for us from 1959. Can I have the next slide? Thanks. Um, to, this, to, to July this year, and the inter indicator interest rate has not dropped below 5%. So let's use some rounded numbers to calculate the interest that you're likely to pay um, according to a loan schedule without any additional payments or um, e uh, any other modification. So using a loan calculator, with a $500,000 loan, 5% interest over 30 years, through the magic of compounding interest, you'll be paying $969,879. The light pink portion of the bar chart indicates the interest, almost half a million dollars in interest. Or to put it another way, you've paid almost double for the house. Two researchers in Melbourne analysed their Australian housing market uh, utilising a net present value calculation to actually understand whether renting or buying was a better investment. The green sections are their recommendation to buy and the blue portions are recommendation to rent. Each of the columns uh, represents a capital city. The graphs highlight two important facts. Firstly, what you invest in makes a difference. And secondly, the decision changes dramatically as the market changes. 
These researchers, utilising data from 1983 through to 2015, actually were able to demonstrate that there were large periods of time where it was better to rent than buy, rather than buy than rent. However, a growing issue for families is the myth that the bank of mum and dad, or BOMAD, uh, is always best when you're trying to enter into the housing market. For those who don't know what I'm talking about, BOMAD is where families loan or gift money between each other. Uh, typically, this is where parents help, help their children save for a deposit uh, for a home loan or something along those lines. Why, whilst parents um, generally want to do what's best for their children, some are discovering the problems. Uh, according to Kelly Emerton at Mozo, BOMAD is the fifth largest lender in Australia. There are a lot of people funding the purchases of their families. And sadly, BOMAD is a bank which can fail, has failed, and economists are losing sleep over. Over 77% of BOMAD uh, lenders did not seek uh, advice before supporting loved ones. Emotional pressures are more a significant driver than fiscal policy. Are you enabling your children to enter into a much larger loan than they can afford? Are you risking your retirement by funding and supporting your children in this way? BOMAD arrangements cause friction uh, within families. Now, the Phoenix newspaper did a survey and they found that 75% feel guilty about the cash they receive from their family. Uh, it's kind of like feeding your children sugar and, uh, you know, while it might not be the best thing for your children's happiness, it certainly gives them a charge. More importantly, it loads risk into individuals who may pr prove less capable of bearing it. So if you know ab about some of the myths and misunderstandings of money, what can you do in your own situation or your families? Well, I would propose creating... Uh, habits and changing your thinking in ways which enable you to manage your money better in, is in order. You may be wondering, do I need to be an accountant or a mathematician to manage my money? You are correct in saying that mathematics is involved in budgeting. The following formula is called the standard model. Thankfully, it's the standard model for particle physics, so we won't be using that. However, at CAP, we actually use what I call the cardinal rule. The cardinal rule is spend less than you earn. Okay, what's the easy part of budgeting? Spending less than you earn. What's the difficult part of budgeting? Spending less than you earn. Why is budgeting so difficult? Well, there are teams of people looking to part you from your money. And I'm not talking about a conspiracy, rather these people have formal titles, they've been well trained, and you allow them to do their work. There may be even some in this room today. <laughs> and what am I talking about? Marketers. They spend hours and hours each day looking for ways to entice you from your hard-earned money and for, for you to buy their products. Are they evil? No. <laughs> I've got to watch that gap sometimes. <laughs> They're just doing their job, and it's incumbent on you to do yours, to ensure that you create behaviours and habits to frustrate and defend against this psychological warfare. You may know about them, some of them already.
I'm sure everyone's aware of the challenge of taking a small child through a checkout and uh, then wanting to actually ask for something sweet and delicious. How many salespeople have you uh, talked to and while they're trying to create a sense of urgency, uh, act now, Sh free shipping, three hours, there's a sale. There are, three, there are several key habits or behaviours which you are able to learn and these, ha these will help you stick to your budget because bu budgeting is not about mathematics, it's about behaviours. The way you s respond to spending, saving and setting goals because budgeting is about spending less than you earn. Habits which are extremely effective for managing your spend include, well, firstly, educate yourself and your family. Join a CAP money course. At a CAP money course, we cover how to set up a budget. For some people who have never done it and they don't know where to even start, um, we make sure that there's plenty of tips and tricks to help you maintain your budget, to gain the maximum benefit from the money you have. One CAP Money participant I coached uh, described the most important thing he learned from his um, CAP Money course was how to save $700 annually in his fuel bill alone. Start investing in yourself and your family. There's a, there's a course running uh, near, or at a church near you, <laughs> that's the language. Um, CAP, if you go to CAP, Ost, can I have the next slide? Um, you can go to our website, have a look and uh, register. Now, there's actually one running only two kilometres away starting next week at Riverview Church. Um, please check it out. Um, it's free to all learners. It's over three weeks and it'll be running in the, Sunday the three Sunday afternoons. Um, it's also a great opportunity to take your teenage children. What an awesome gift to pass on these kinds of skills. I'd also encourage you to speak to your church leaders uh, to invest in running your own CAP money courses here uh, in which you as a church are able to minister to those within this community. Another habit which will help you better manage your money is to stop using cards and start using cash. In the late 70s, Hirschman observed that those who use credit cards spend more than those who use cash or checks. There's something really interesting that happens to us for when we hand over the $50 note and get something back that's less than yellow coloured, we remember this. It seems odd and strange. We're aware of the consequence of this purchase. We innately know that we can only spend it once. And so there's a very visible portrayal of this. And Emmanuel even talked about this as well. This is not the case with credit cards or non-cash uh, payments. We can tap, swipe put in our pin as many times as we like, but there doesn't seem to be anything that has changed. It does. It's just that we don't see it until we look at the bank's bank balance or the bank statement. How many times have we been out socialising, expecting to pay X, and after a great night, great weekend, we look at the bank balance and, oops, it's a bit bigger. Many people worry that they don't have enough notes uh, in their wallet when they go shopping. Okay, this is a big worry. However... For the purchase of, in, of a bit of embarrassment at a checkout by not having enough cash, um, I would prefer that to over the bigger embarrassment of not having enough money to pay for rent or mortgage. One only affects me, the other one affects my family. You may be asking, how do you do online purchases? Well, come along to the CAP Money course and uh, we'll talk about how you can do this well and do it within your, your, um, your budget. 
Australia is a nation of consumers. Very few of us save our money. This was not always the case. And, it's, and just recently, it's got particularly bad. Relative to net housing income, Australians are currently saving 1%. This means one large blip in income or a large expenditure like a new washing machine, a fridge or the car breaks down, uh, Australians are going to really struggle. Many people try to force savings to enable them to save. Typically, this is where people will use a tax refund or a tax overpayment to actually um, look after themselves. Now, forced savings are a fantastic idea. Using your tax refund as a mechanism of forced saving is an awful idea. It's an awful execution on it. And the reason I say this is that researchers have actually studied this and there was an impact, uh, they studied the impact of tax rebates on people's spending. The sad news that they found out was that for many people they actually increased their levels of debt within eight months. Not only did they spend all of the rebate, they actually took out more debt. People initially paid down debt, for example, paying off their credit cards, uh, etc., but then subsequently increased their spending. This spending behaviour was particularly prominent in those with less disposable income. My experience has shown me that in order to, for me to save money, I too am helped by forced savings. But we as a family do not rely on tax returns. Rather, we utilise a collection of, of forced savings techniques. And we remove savings prior to budgeting on our daily living. We set aside our tithing and then our savings and then we live off the rest. If you've never created a budget, the 10-10-80 formula is useful. 10% for tithing and generosity, 10% for saving, then live off the rest. The simple, this simple techniques enables us to achieve our goals. And having goals is important. For you see, without a goal, budgeting is really pointless. Why would you bother with the effort if you're not aiming for anything? If you aim for nothing and do nothing, you're going to hit it every time. Many friends and family in our lives have chosen not to set goals and reprioritize their lives accordingly. What are your goals? Over the many years I've asked this question, I've had a, uh, the common ones, save for a holiday, reduce my debt, buy a bike, buy a car. Um, but very few people mention their marriages. Very few people mention generosity. Very few people even mention um, ministry. In my late teenage, teenage years and early 20s, many of my friends were seeking to serve God in a full-time capacity. As we got married and began to have family, only a couple of us went into ministry. A great many people were not able to enter the ministry because the hold the house had on their, their lives, particularly their debt. If God asked you, like Abraham, to up sticks and move to the other side of the country or the world, would you be able to? In other words, is the way that you're managing your money restricting your ministry or your generosity? Set life goals, save accordingly, and spend within your budget. At CAP, we train people to better manage their money, for we see on a daily basis what happens when they don't. Thanks to the generous support of Australians like you and I, uh, CAP is able to offer our services to the local community. Uh, we do so at, the, at no cost to the client. If you have a friend struggling with unmanageable debt, please do not hesitate uh, in, or delay in contacting us. You can reach us on 1300 227 000. As you may understand, these services do cost, but it's the generous donations that support us. 
uh, we would love for you to partner with us. Come and see Vanessa or myself after the se- service if you'd like to talk uh, more. But for because together we are Christians Against Poverty. Thank you for tuning in today. If you would like to find out more about Lift, check out our website at theliftchurch.com.au.